0: Hey, and welcome to the 42nd Womanthology Podcast. My name is Fiona Tatton and I'll be your host. Womanthology is a digital magazine and professional community powered by female energy and ingenuity. We champion equal recognition and reward for everyone, sharing opportunities, ideas, and a deep pool of collective wisdom, supporting each other to be unstoppable. In this episode, we will be celebrating International Women in Engineering Day, and we will be hearing from none other than Mamta Singhal, MBE. Mamta shares the story of her career to date, her love for all things engineering, and why she is a passionate advocate for inclusion and diversity in the engineering space. As ever, Ines Santos will be sharing the details of the news stories in the written issue quick reminder that you sign up for the Womanthology newsletter by filling in your details on the front page of our website. That's womanthology.co.uk. You can also join our LinkedIn community by visiting linkedin.com forward slash company forward slash and find us on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook. Welcome to the Womanthology podcast. We have got Manta Singhal, MBE, MBA, and she is, amongst many other things, a Chartered Engineer, and she is going to talk to us today in advance of International Women in Engineering Day. How are you doing, Manta? I'm very well. What a pleasure to be on your podcast. Lovely to hear from you. Oh, well, likewise, we've been talking about getting you on the podcast for such a long time, so we made it happen. So I'm going to go straight in with a question, and I am going to ask if you're able to talk us through your educational background and career to date.
1: Oh yeah, where do I start? Gosh. So I graduated two decades ago. God, it feels like it was yesterday, but I always had a massive passion for maths. Don't ask why, but I'm one of these people that loves to figure things out. So I really wanted to combine arts and maths. So I thought about architecture, but found an amazing degree called product design engineering. So I did that for four years up in Scotland at Glasgow University and the Glasgow School of Art. And then I did a master's in integrated product development, which is effectively design and engineering management. So looking at the full life cycle of products during that time, I got a placement at Dyson working on autonomous vacuum cleaners and dryers, et cetera. So it was really a very technical and design focused early start for me. And then after working in industry, I worked in the toy industry was amazing. I got my dream job working at Hasbro and children's toys. So you can imagine at 22, flying out to America to work on some of the big toys for Christmas was just amazing. I couldn't think of a better role. So I did that. But what I thought I was missing in my portfolio was really the bigger picture, which is why I went on to do an MBA. I was one of the youngest on the course. I started when I was just 26 with four years experience. But I really leveraged that because I was around people who were in their 30s and 40s who had loads of industrial experience. I gained so much and I did it part-time while teaching Strathclyde University. I taught business to undergraduates and I also taught within their engineering department as a tutor. So I did that for two years and I graduated with distinction which I was very determined you can only imagine what I was like at that age I made sure I got over 80 percent in all my exams so that's my education quite a traditional quite an academic group and not for everyone but I've got a massive passion for learning well I definitely did at that stage I'm a bit more of a doer now and then career-wise I've spent seven years eight years in the toy industry from manufacturing design and regulations and safety and integrity of products because obviously in the toy industry and the children's space it's it's paramount and I've also spent some time in the food and drink sector so recently have worked for Coca-Cola European Partners and Mars Chocolate within packaging and project management
0: and sustainability. And if we want to imagine you on a day-to-day basis obviously no such thing as a typical day but what sort of things might we imagine Mamta doing? How,
1: well, the day-to-day of an engineer, I'm not really in an engineering role these days, but my day-to-day has always been involved in working cross-functionally, working with people from brand experts, procurement, technical people, finance, um, and all levels from graduates all the way up to directors, BPs. So you've got to work with breadth and you've got to work with depth as well within the role. And that's been always the case. And a variety of things, from looking at new ideas right through to technical issues that might be going on. At the moment, lots of Zoom calls, and I'm trying to change that to as many face-to-face meetings as possible. But what I love, if I look back on my twenty odd years, I've worked with talented people who are truly passionate about what they do and why they're doing it. And, and you know, their hearts in it. They're not just doing it; it's not just a day job. And you really feel that when you work with these people, they want to make the world a better place and and get great products out there so that users can enjoy them, play with them, interact with them, or have it sitting on their shelf looking like a beautiful piece of art. So, yeah, that's why I love what I do.
0: And you touched a bit on the lack of face-to-face meetings because of the pandemic. It, has it affected you in, in other ways in the way you work as well? So the pandemic obviously affected everyone in so
1: many ways, but from a business point of view, obviously we've we've been sat in our our studies, our front rooms, seeing little pictures of everyone on our screens. So yeah, the the face-to-face has definitely been a struggle like it has for most people. But I think with that, people have tried quite hard to make it work and business has to go on and life has to go on as much as possible. Obviously there are challenges. And in terms of sectors, when I worked at Coca-Cola European Partners, the drinks industry really got affected because it was everyday drinks going into shops. How does that impact things? The pubs and clubs had closed. Airlines stopped taking stock, many cans of of drinks. So there was everything from from supply chain management, the planning of it totally changed. And as a result, the manufacturing and then the, the projects associated with them. So working within the supply chain, And that kind of environment was really, was really dynamic. For the first time, there was challenges that we'd never, ever experienced and changes that were so dramatic to, to stock levels that we'd never seen. So very full on, very intense and very unpredictable. But with that, if there was a silver lining to any of it, you didn't have the travel time. I think people did try a bit harder. And you got on with the job a bit more because you didn't have as much of the kind of peripheral distractions that you might have within the office so there was benefits but there was also a lot of challenges but I think every industry did feel a bit of a, a hit from the pandemic but as we ease out it's just absolutely amazing to start meeting people again and seeing what people are like and getting things done face to face and getting into into offices and sites and seeing what's going on.
0: I'm really excited about coming back because we used to do a lot of events and obviously that went out of the window. So really looking forward to that side of things. And as you say, that human contact with people. And I think you just work in a different way, don't you, when you work in a room with somebody?
1: Absolutely. It's great to interact with them and, and have those coffee chats and build the
0: relationships that you, you, you can't always build via Zoom. And you're a prominent ambassador for a number of engineering organisations. So I'd love to hear a bit about why you work with them and why it's so important for you to volunteer and give back to the profession because you're a massive ambassador for women in engineering and other groups as well. Why does it mean so much? So I personally think that volunteering should be in
1: everyone's DNA. I've always volunteered, my parents have always taught me to help others as much as you can. So I think. Volunteering helps me on multiple levels and multiple reasons so for me it it helps me connect with other people in, in industry so I've built this fantastic network and amazing group of friends as well. People within the technical space that aren't involved in my day job but are passionate engineers, passionate public speakers and there's so much to gain from that. But more than anything, it's about making a difference in your community. So breaking down those stereotypes, I'm a woman of Indian origin who's an engineer or, or, or an engineer by background. And really seeing people who look and sound like me can become as excellent in STEM if they wish to be. And helping those little children or those people that, that just need someone else there to help them through things. And you develop other skills. So. I felt more confident speaking up in large board meetings as a result, because i work worked very closely with the Institution of Engineering and Technology and the Women's Engineering Society. And you develop social skills, you develop as a person, and you're also giving back. And I think to do something for free is such a fulfilling task as well, because otherwise you can just feel like you're on this kind of treadmill and, and try to and actually to pause and think there's people out there that need your time. And and giving that support, and then seeing them flourish in their career, their aspect of life,
0: I think that's brilliant. And you're also an ambassador for Dyslexia Scotland. So, what does this involve, and why are you so passionate about that in particular? Many people now know,
1: and I kept it quite a secret because I felt ashamed of it. Dare I say, but I I was diagnosed as being dyslexic. Well, I suspected there was something a bit unusual but officially when I was about 17, 18, as a teenager, I really gravitated towards STEM subjects, science, technology, engineering and maths. I I loved art, but I really struggled with English. And as time went on, I realised that I am dyslexic. So then recently, in the last few years, I've reached out to Dyslexia Scotland and I did a talk to a group of teachers probably about 200 Scottish teachers about my journey and it was the first time I went public about being dyslexic and it was really difficult for me to talk about the challenges I'd had but actually the journey had been on and it changed perceptions because one of the things I said is dyslexics just have a spiky IQ so they will excel in certain areas and they'll struggle generally in literacy-based subjects and for teachers to open their eyes up and see where their brightest kids and what can they do to support. So I now sit as an ambassador with dyslexia Scotland. I get involved and sometimes in meetings, they're, just, they're always on the weekend, but just sitting with other, other dyslexics and hearing about what they're trying to do to change perceptions and change people's thinking. And we've really moved the needle because back when I was a child, it was seen as a disability. And now it's just seen as a different learning style, which is great because it puts a real positive on it. Some people would argue it's a gift. I'm not quite sure if I would say it's a gift. It's definitely not always a curse because we now have spell checkers and I know where my challenges are and I work around it but it's about supporting and sharing guiding and inspiring others because I've learned a lot of it myself and I think I've learned a lot from others as being part of that forum so really thankful to the people from Dyslexia Scotland for being there for me but I want to give them
0: back as well as much as I can. Well I'm sure that they're delighted to have you working with them. So it's International Women in Engineering Day on the 23rd of June. Why is it important for us to mark the occasion and what will you be doing to celebrate? Oh, well, like every International Women in Engineering Day, I will be
1: banging the drum loud and proudly about women in STEM, women in technical fields, but also all the men that are supporting those women. So Don Bonfield, MBE, she is an amazing engineer and has been my mentor for well over twelve years she has been the brains be- behind international women in engineering day she is so humble and everything that she does and everything she does for people like myself but she has literally held my hand throughout my career and Built me up to be such a confident person in industry. So she is the brains behind it. So I'll definitely be showcasing some of the things she's doing in International Women's Day. But also all the young people coming up the ranks. You know, making sure they're getting onto that next rung of the ladder and achieving the goals they want to achieve in their career and personal lives, and being there for others. So why is it important? Back when I graduated from engineering. There was only about five or 6% of the engineering population were women. We're now thinking it's like 15% approximately. So we've still not reached parity. We're quite well off parity in the industry. So we want to reach at least 50%. So that's why these days are so important. They're so important in shouting out to all the women that have got engineering degrees, supporting those within engineering, and all the men that are supporting women reaching their potential within the field because it was a very male dominated field it isn't in other countries and we need to show why engineering and having a technical degree is so powerful as much as I'm not an engineer as such in my day job I see my engineering skills and my thinking and my analytical skills as being so useful on a day-to-day basis and I wouldn't have changed it I absolutely loved what I did and I want to somehow get others to to feel and interact with that industry in any way they can. Because engineering's everywhere. Everything we touch and interact with on a daily basis has been engineered, manufactured in some way. I think it's only going to get bigger. Consumer products, sustainability, uh, and all those aspects are at the forefront of everyone's mind. And that's why we need great engineers, regardless of gender. So it's a critical mark in
0: everyone's calendar. Absolutely so. Big shout out to all of those involved. So, yeah, I love Dawn. She was in the very first issue of Womanthology all those years ago. And she's been right by my side ever since. And just what a a fabulous person. So, yeah, yeah, echoing your your shout out there as well. We need more Dawns in the world. (laughs) We we maybe should set up a Dawn Bonfield Day. Perhaps we could organise that or something. I'll be there. Be, be more Dawn we could have a hashtag maybe so, uh, <laughs> and um, other than Dawn who are your uh, engineering role models? I
1: now sit on the board of directors for the Women's Engineering Society and it's an amazing group of women and I'm all for women supporting other women so every woman out there that has supported me through my career I'm very thankful for and I see as a bit of a role model particularly those that are high up in their career People that are trying to make change in industry, I think of the presidents, past and present at the Institution of Engineering Technology. They have been there for me during IT meetings, spoken to me as a peer, which has been lovely, and mentored me to become the person I am today. This is a bit of a soft one for me, but my dad is a physicist and he really encouraged me to do well in physics and maths as a child and probably helped me get my passion for learning. So Lots of role models there. Do I have a specific one? Probably not. But I think that there's a massive tapestry of, of friends, family, mentors, leaders in industry that know me and that have
0: helped me reach my potential and are continuing to help me through through my journey. So obviously, we're looking to get more women into engineering, but either for girls who maybe aren't sure how to go about it, or for women who maybe even want to change career, are there any tips that you could give us about different routes that people could take or different ways that people could go about it? Yeah, so there's a multitude of routes to get into
1: engineering and, and almost unlimited routes. So as I said, I took quite a traditional route. I finished school, did an engineering degree, and then got an engineering job. But you you can go down the apprenticeship route, you can work in industry and and do things part time. You can be a support function within an engineering world, if maybe you're not as keen on some of the technical sides of engineering. There are so many. There's all all these institutions that I'm connected with in somehow or some form. They have websites and resources that will help direct you to different ways of getting into engineering, speaking to other engineers and seeing what their journey is and what their path is. I go to engineering events, I hear people's stories and it's just so insightful about why they became an engineer or how they became an engineer. Sometimes it's by default, they might have done a maths degree or a physics degree and then realised that they like to apply that in some way and then became an engineer. So many routes and there's no right path and there's no wrong path but all I know is that I want to see more technical minds in industry Um, and
0: across the board and ideally more women within engineering. And I suppose going back to what you said at the start about the fact that engineering touches everything that we do. So everything around us has had engineering involved in some way. So maybe for people to pick something that they like, that they're interested in, whether it's, I don't know, cars or planes. Obviously, you've worked in food food and drink. You've worked in the toy Mm -hmm. sector as well. So you can pick anything that you're interested in. We'll have an engineering link there somewhere.
1: Yep, and that's a great observation. Even things like greeting cards, everything is manufactured, right? I I was watching the planes go by the other day. I was like, just think of the amount of technical expertise that it takes to take all those tons of material, the passengers, to have it feels like it's floating in the sky or moving in the sky. And that is an amazing feat of engineering. It's not an area I know much about. But all I know is it's absolutely fascinating and it makes me want to learn about it, even though it's not connected to, to my actual job. So that's why just observing the way the world works and what you interact with and, and what the backstory is to that product item. I think the food industry is amazing. Packaging and, and how floor wraps made or cardboard or glasses made is just so insightful. I, I get totally absorbed in these
0: things, but that's why I'm an engineer, I guess. It's something that we did recently in our women in mathematics issue. So we spoke with a lady called Louise Moll on the podcast who uh, runs maths for girls and uh, she helped us link everybody's uh, careers with the UN sustainable development goals I think there's 16 17 of those Uh, and that was really interesting to look at the way people frame their careers and say well I'm not quite sure what I want to do in my career but actually I would like to save the world so how can I save the world so you could save it by contributing to sustainability or to better communities or things like that so I really liked looking at things in that way I've never looked at them like that before.
1: Absolutely, yeah. There's so many ways to see how your life and your world can have a positive
0: impact. So the recognition for the work that you've done, what does that mean to you? You're an MBE, what was it like? Did you get to go to the Palace? Who did you get to meet?
1: Oh, well, honestly, when anyone talks about it, I just have a beaming smile on my face. It was such a surprise and amazing to be awarded an MBE. So I haven't been to the Palace just yet, so plenty of time to find a dress and a nice hat and shoes. Um, So they're a little bit behind because of COVID, but I'm I'm hoping um, in the next few months I'll I'll get to attend. I don't know who I'll meet, but yes, I'm heavily um, involved as a volunteer, as you've mentioned, for a number of societies. And not so much now, but a couple of years ago, I was dedicating quite a lot of my free time to giving back, running open days with the IET or volunteering wherever possible or writing talks or giving speeches or attending events helping school kids doing zoom calls wherever I could touch people's lives in a positive way I would do that and I think that's what these MBEs are for community service are for people that have made the nation proud in some ways or broken down barriers or broken down stereotypes and been a role model to others so for whatever aspect and to sit on the engineering council with the board members and look around and, and see other MBEs, other OBEs, other Dames and Sirs and Knights and realise that we are real change makers within the engineering world and the manufacturing world and technical worlds because we are being recognised for the work we're doing in our free time. It's making such an impact to society and the world around us. It's just lovely to be recognised and a,
0: a real privilege to to to
1: cover that title
0: well do let us know uh, when the day comes around and um, please send us some pictures and uh, tag us in on twitter as well because we'd love to share your big day it's incredibly well deserved and uh, what is coming up next for you what are you looking forward to what are you excited about it can be in work it can be out of work it can be whatever you like
1: oh well it's been a very hectic couple of years. I was just looking back of everything and it all feels like it all came at once. So literally in the last three or four years, I I got my chartership, I got my professorship, Middlesex University for Engineering, I got two engineering fellowships, I got my board position at the Women's Engineering Society, got a new job. A lot of it was during COVID, and then the cherry on the cake was definitely the MBE. So I kind of want to stop a bit and go, right, uh, you need to kind of just go for a walk and, and, and slow down. But I think a lot of that wasn't actually the work that I was doing right then. It was the combination of the work I'd done the last 15 years and it all came together. And I remember Don Bonfield reaching out to me saying, please get a lottery ticket because you're on a roll here. So I don't know if I'm going to buy a lottery ticket, but what's next? I think continuing to help others fulfill their potential because that's obviously massive in my agenda but focusing on my day job my work making the big impact that i wanted in industry and just networking and meeting great people and like-minded folk who love what they do as much as i do and continue to be a change maker so i'm sure when we next speak in however months or years to come, I'll have some interesting story. But I think that's what I like. It's a bit unpredictable, but as long as it's all
0: happy and good news, I'm, I'm all for it. Well, that's a really brilliant place to end it but thank you Manta. thank you so much it's been the greatest pleasure speaking with you it's taken us a while hasn't it but such a great pleasure definitely keep in touch with us and we can follow your progress and whatever you're working on tell us about it and we can share it with everybody and, and where appropriate get people involved as well i definitely will i know you reached out to me a few times and just timings didn't work out but it's great to
1: do this for such a special occasion because international women in engineering day is just record numbers of followers i think it was one of the most googled topics on the day it's just getting such a following and to see it start off as as a little seedling and just become this massive massive event that so many industries and companies and skills colleges places of work everyday folk are getting involved in
0: it 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 honestly it gives me goosebumps It's, it's just magical well it's the greatest pleasure to have spoken with you so here's to the future of engineering
2: Hello, my name is Ines Santos. I am the Associate Editor of Womanphology, and I am here to tell you all about our new issue which celebrates International Women in Engineering Day taking place on the 23rd of June this year. The stories include... Jemma Singer, design engineer at Mom Incubators, tells us about working on life-improving and life-saving technology for a new neonatal incubator. 2022 has been a big year for Gemma, as she was shortlisted for Design Engineer of the Year at the British Engineering Excellence Awards. Charlotte Powell, Head of Bioenergy and Carbon Removals at the Department for Business, Energy and Industrial Strategy discusses her work heading up the bioenergy and greenhouse gas removals themes under the department's £1 billion net zero innovation portfolio. As part of this work, Charlotte is currently supervising the investment of £130 million into innovation. Anna Avaliani, the Director of Enterprise and Sustainable Development at the Royal Academy of Engineering, tells us about overseeing the Academy's Enterprise Hub. The Hub supports the UK's brightest technology and engineering entrepreneurs to realise their potential by fostering lasting, exceptional connections between talent and expertise, with the aim of creating a virtuous cycle of innovation. Olga Konopka, project delivery engineer at Crossrail, explains how she helped to deliver the brand new Elizabeth rail line. She shares her pure delight that the line was so well received by the public, having been opened by Her Majesty the Queen herself in the lead up to the celebrations for the Platinum Jubilee. Modehi Letia Leputin, an operations and maintenance technician at Solar Africa Energy in South Africa, discusses her role monitoring photovoltaic solar panels. Modehi is the only woman in the technician role at her company. She explains how it's essential to be able to access power that is not only clean and sustainable, but also reliable. Do check out our website, womanphology.co.uk to read the full stories. And that is all for me.
0: Sadly, that's all we have time for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. Remember, if you want to support what we do, you can share the link to the show on social media and also follow the show. Your feedback is really important, so please do rate and review the show in your podcast app. For the next episode and issue where we'll be meeting epic women in robotics and artificial intelligence. That's all for now.